what's happening everybody and welcome back to another episode of rapping with reef bum i'm your host keith Merkelhammer. so today i have the pleasure of welcoming back andrew sandler from polo reef what's happening there andrew hello keith welcome and i'm happy to be back it's been a while yeah good good to have you back we were supposed to have rashid on uh, tonight but he is on vacation but he is gone in a different part of the world. <laughs> so I'm actually going to have him on, uh, I think, in September to talk about his new, new tank build. So we'll uh, we'll get caught up with uh, with Rashid uh, at that point in time. Sure. Um, so for those folks that don't know Andrew, and and there's probably not many Andrew that uh, don't know what you guys are uh, doing with the Polo Reef, but Andrew has that famous 17,000 gallon reef tank in his home, and he is the founder and CEO of polo reef so before we start chatting with andrew i want to thank the sponsors for the show both bulk reef supply and ecotech marine really appreciate these companies supporting the live stream and i also appreciate all you folks out there that are tuning in and supporting the show as usual please drop your comments and questions i see that's already happening in the in the chat below so Andrew, man, how have you been? It's been uh, it's been a while. I, I saw you at um, Rap in New York back in June. We had you on the show in in uh, in January. What's what's been going on, man? Uh, upgrades, three you know, <laughs> and and new tank builds going on and construction and there's a lot of activity going on here, and we're just waiting to get to the either the start of it or the end of it. Including the pond, Keith. Like, I have pond. a guy coming in Thursday with 10 koi this size flying in. Oh, wow. Uh, so, you know, that, we're waiting for that video to, to go. Yeah, I'll look forward to that one, man. That's, uh, yeah. wow. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, we're talking before the uh, the live stream, and usually, typically, the summertime is a is a slow time in the reef-keeping world. But uh has really not been the case for you guys. I can, I can see that. No, yeah. it has not. So we got we got like a ton of topics. You, you, your team put together this uh, this awesome video, and so we've got a bunch of topics to uh, to touch on. But there's uh, also some um, generosity here in terms of some giveaways. You guys are uh, generously donating some um, one backpack polar reef backpack and six stainless steel polar reef water bottles, which Andrew is showing up there right now. Pretty solid uh, water bottles, pretty cool looking. Yeah, yeah, you heard that clank? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to have seven different winners. One person's going to get that backpack, and six people will get the um, the stainless steel water bottles. And, yeah, just regarding the backpack, Polar Reef is launching a back-to-school kids art contest. So if you want to get the details on that, they will be posted on the Polar Reef Facebook group page. For more details on that initiative so anyway just stay glued to this uh stream and in in, uh, in a little bit i will give you folks the lowdown in terms of how you will uh, enter this giveaway the instructions for the uh for the giveaway i see a whole bunch of uh, familiar faces in the uh, in the chat i see we've got the meckley's in the house men and chris what's happened there uh folks Robert, hey keith you know what yeah. i'm gonna throw in i'm gonna give you another one i'm gonna throw in a, a hat I got a, a hold on. Let me go get it. Oh, we're getting the hat. So we got eight different winners now. Okay. 
I gotta I gotta change my uh, my rules here now and uh, add the uh, the eighth. Uh... Eight. Yeah. Two, two more, two white and black. We got two hats. All right, so we're gonna have nine different winners. Nine different winners, and um, let me just uh, make some uh, adjustments here to what I was gonna say in terms of the uh, the winners. Okay. All right. Getting the house in order here. So, all right. Awesome, man. Thank you very much there, uh, Andrew. Well, so we got we got one backpack, two hats, and six water bottles. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Uh, so, Andrew, the um, the video that I got from from your team is uh, yep. is very comprehensive. So, why don't we um, start with the seventeen thousand gallon tank? Um, I'll start playing the um, the video there. Yep. Talk to us, man. It's um this it's a preview video, I guess, in terms of what uh, what's going on right now. That man, that just looks so awesome as per usual. I I don't know what you're looking at, but show it to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 your tank in all its glory. I know. I'm sure it is. Patty did a good job. Um, is it playing? Yeah, it's playing. You're on like a 23, four second delay. So oh. um, yeah, we're look we're looking at it right now. So what's what's going on with the uh, with the tank in terms of just the basics in terms of how it's running right now? Uh, things are going pretty well. We have um, uh, we've upgraded uh, lighting. We've up we we are uh, about to have a major upgrade in flow. And we've had to do some jerry rigging in between. So let's um, let's talk let's talk lighting because right now the video is going to get into the uh, the whole lighting here. So you guys um, you guys are doing some some stuff with the lighting, the Orfix and and the new metal halides. Talk to us about that stuff. Um. Okay. It's very simple. Uh, I'm not a big fan of white LEDs. And the corals, I think, have a rough time with it. We wanted to increase our whites, but we wanted a more broadband source, more diversified source. The tank is getting about two hours of white LED, very light, 10, 15, 20% kind of thing in the morning. There's a ramp from like 10 to 12. And then from 12 p.m. on, the whites are basically off in the tank, and all whites are supplied by the halide. And we have seven fixtures uh, from 250 to 400 watts. I know you say 250. Oh, my God, that's so little. But it can really light up an area uh, higher up. And they are a mix of 10K bulbs and one 14K bulb in the middle. And we're running the halides from 12 to 330. Uh, and we just added that Orphic. Uh, Amazonian uh, violet, which we think gives the tank a beautiful uh, violet pop. And uh, it's a 325-watt light, a four-puck four light. And we had them custom-made all violets and all UV chips. Well, not real UV chips, but the violets. And really what we're trying to do is supplement our max specs uh, until the new commercial... Whatever we get comes out. Uh, the max spec commercials are a little flat 
uh, blue white, um, and so they they tend to need some supplements, in my opinion. Um, so we're just trying to uh, better the animal health and improve uh, visual flatness with the eye. Gotcha, um, Chelly. If I'm pronouncing that wrong, let me know. But Chelly, right. thank you um, for that super chat. Really appreciate. It. Don't forget to hit that like button. Is the uh, is the message there? So appreciate that. Um, for those Amazonas, we, we put one in the tank, and it really covered like a huge area. And we ordered three more um, for the rest of the tank. And, you know, when I do it, what happens, I turn the blues down a touch. and I turn the pars down a little bit more on the other, on the other lights. Um, we kind of... I think they're so interesting. They're actually trying them out for the 2500 also. Uh, the 2500 lighting scheme, whatever that is, is basically a uh, blank canvas. We can choose. We're considering supplements and radium 20K halides as sort of our, you know, go-to and what supplements we choose and whether we do or fix, or whether we do uh, castles, we'll, we'll soon decide. Uh, are you concerned at all about the, um, the uh, I don't know if it's a rumor or if it's a fact, that the, the, fact, the, 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 the got, radium got, bulbs got, are no I, longer uh, being manufactured? I'm not concerned. We got, I got enough for, for a lot of years. <laughs> and, 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 and if I don't, I know where, where they exist. There you right, go. Right, Matt, we know where they exist. And, well, you know, if you could put a, a couple of those aside for me there, Andrew, I'd appreciate it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which ones do you like? Uh, do big, you like the big Which ones do you 400 like? watt 20k rams is my bulb of yeah, choice. That's a, that's a, that is a beautiful bulb. Yeah, that's my bulb of choice. Um, so, is is the whole thing in terms of wanting to stay with halides as part of the equation? Just the the way that bulb can penetrate versus LEDs? Because I know when I had um, no, it's not that, Keith. I think I get more penetration. From the from the white laser pointed LEDs, or at least um, that spotlight. But it, you, you know they're tough on coral, white LEDs. Uh, you know these grow shops basically only run them a couple hours a day, and then they turn all blue. But it's more for uh, a broadband source that that is uh, above seven hundred and you know, below 420. So, so I get a little bit more broader spectrum and it's a little easier on the corals because that's not a real point, the point source. It's not, it's not a, a laser thing. So um, like when the white LEDs go off and the halides go on, actually my PAR actually decreases a little bit. Yeah. So what kind of PAR are you getting down to the, uh, like to the bottom third of that tank? Do you know? Yeah, whatever I want it to be because we run the whites, you know, so low. But I would say the tank averages three-something and the top being four-something and the bottom being 200. Yeah, um, that, uh, that, that always kind of seems to be the range that I like to keep my, uh, my, my yeah. corals happy in. And, um, sure. yeah, you know, you mentioned in terms of the um, – the, the lasers, is, is that what the uh, the Orphix really are? It's almost kind of a, a laser source of type of uh, LED. Has it got that um, kind of punch? Not, I, don't, I don't really know. It's, it's, it's very wide angle. So with, 
uh, I don't know. You're looking at the lighting, right? The video. Uh, I'll play that can right you, now. Can Can you see those four pucks? I'm gonna uh, try to scroll to it. One, it's it's one corner of the tank, and it like covers like two thirds of the tank with one corner. So when we get two more, we'll, we'll have the whole tank covered. I'm showing the uh, the Orphic uh, fixture right now. That's the there one. There you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we customize that. Um, we don't need more blues. We have the max specs. I find I found them a little flat in the violets. So we basically ask for all violets and the four puck. Gotcha. Yeah. And then in the upstairs, the 2500 will probably, if we do them, will have blue in them instead of just all violet. So that's not something that you could change um, yourselves. I mean, basically the diodes are the diodes and. Correct. Wow. Highly customizable. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then we have some Kessel lights that are coming too. That I, you know, the Kessel Commer Kessel Commercial is a whole nother deal than the Kessel Hobbyist line, and and uh, we're gonna try them too. What um, so is is pretty much the benchmark in terms of how the lighting is going? Is the uh, the way the corals are looking? Is that kind of what you guys are doing, or are you? Yeah, visually to the eye and how they look. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's gotta be tough, man, because you got a lot of corals in that tank. So I, I would assume that, um, you know, there's a lot of Montipora, you got a lot of Acropora and all that sort of thing. And it's going to be hard to kind of keep everything happy if they're, uh, not kind of like in one certain spot of the tank. I mean, there's one spot in the middle where the Montes were getting on the floor, the Montes were getting bleached out and we never understood it. And then you... You go test the par there, and for whatever reason, from the crosses and and the, the duplicate, whatever, yeah, it's almost 300 par in that area. And, of course, the Montes are not loving it. And then you put the Montes in the shade somewhere, and they they, they turn beautiful again. Uh, so Blue Reef is asking you, uh, is Andrew seeing better growth with the blues and better color, or, or is he seeing less RTN with less white? I would say the coral color is better. And it's hard to know whether it's just reflective uh, stuff from the violet lights or it's actually better. Gotcha. Um, what, um, what, what percentage of the lights are actually halides versus uh, LEDs, would you say? Is it 50-50? Uh, is it... Uh... No, it's not even close. Uh, I, I think it's... I think I'm still running, you know, when I look at... That's right. I'd say 70% LEDs still. We use the LEDs for all the blues. Um, even the whites come on for like three, four hours a day. Uh, and, and the halides only provide, at the end of the day, the halides are like supplements, right? Like I, I, I want to look at the tank between 12 and 3, but I don't want it all blue, but I want it a little bit more 14K-ish. And that's what those halides provide once the white LEDs are off. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, man. So uh, let's talk about um, tank flow. And um, again, I'm going to show the video. And I, I apologize because I don't have a way to kind of like stop and start the video. So I'm going to have to fast forward to the uh, to the yeah. lighting part here, but or the uh, flow part. But, yeah. So the flow thing is we we're go. waiting for the, we're waiting for these Abyss 400 pumps. I've been waiting about a year and a half. Um, I kid you not. 
tried their massive one, which was a jet engine, too big. And now what we had to do was jerry-rig a few of those AFC-150 cannons. That's probably what you're looking at. Uh-huh. And uh, provide some extra flow with those until the 400s come. Uh, Coral View tells me that the 400s are in stock finally in the United States. We're, we're expecting three of them. Uh, I expect the flow in the tank will change dramatically. Yeah. That's a lot of flow. So how, how, how much uh, flow do you guys got going on in there right now? I mean, I, you know, I see the Pantaray talking about the Abyss. The Pantaray is probably going to be replaced with the Abyss. Um, they've tried to, uh, uh, they changed the impeller on me and, and um, has, it's, it's helped a, a lot. But for whatever reason, it tends to... Uh, Slight. If I run it real hot, like 60, 65%, 70% with wave action, it will cavitate. And since we are worried uh, about the nitrogen and oxygen in the tank to begin with and the gassing, uh, we want to we want to change this pump. It's maybe not their fault. I mean, maybe my gases that are too high, but for whatever reason, their pumps are affected by my gases and the abysses are not. Oh. It, and it's, it's interesting in terms of how you have those pumps mounted in the uh, in the tank itself. You know, I see one that was like, actually looked like it was um, zip tied or whatever you guys had to a yeah, we really we really jerry We really <laughs> jerry-rigged this thing to get increase the flow until these, these big boys come. Uh, the, these AFC 150 uh, cannons, which are the ones you're looking at now, yeah, silver ones, they produce a relatively narrow, very long string cable. So you can put them in the rocks and get water movement like way out in the tank. But it's not wide, it tends to be narrow. Yeah. Um, between lighting and flow, which has been more of a challenge for you in terms of getting that right? Equally challenging? I think flow because Peninsula Tank, three views, you can't block things. And these things were, from a biz that we wanted, were, were, were out of stock for a year and a half. Like, they, they were not in the country. They, 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 they didn't have the parts or whatever. So flow has been more of a weight weight game and just rig up what we can do for the time being. Uh, lighting, we're able to act now. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what, what, what did you guys do in terms of, um, you know, the research on the flow? I mean, obviously, public aquariums you know, have uh, display tanks, you know, in, in that kind of range that, that you guys have. Um, so it's it's got to be tough, man, to, you know, especially with a tank that's got so many, you know, uh, corals in it to, to try to, like, figure out the game plan on flow. I mean, have, have you guys collaborated at all with public aquariums to try to, like, share your, um, you know, insights and learnings? No, you're shaking your head. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I say yes. But like SeaWorld, like lost their reef tank or part of it because. They couldn't get the Abyss 400 controller on time. Yeah. 
um, it almost didn't matter. Like people needed these abyss pumps. Uh, Joe Ayulo went with the with the big boy, the uh, twelve hundred. I don't know if you've seen that one. That thing is like I, we put one in my in our tank to, to test it. Yeah, and it tested fine. By the way, we were bouncing off the walls. But it really looked like like a seriously a plane crashed in the tank. Even even just with the reflections, it was so big. Wow. So we we chose the middle one, and we've been waiting. How do you? I, I mean, I would assume that um, when you're experimenting or you're playing around with the flow and stuff, you're knocking corals off, right? I mean that that's got to well, be happening. When we did it, a biz was here, and they angled it right, and. There was a lot of uh, bang shots. <laughs> and, and, and the idea is to get a circular flow around the reef um, that will encase it with these abysses. And then we can still use these AFC cannons in the rocks uh, to, to blow detritus, etc. Uh, the problem with the abyss, in general, their wires are short and orange. Mm. Uh, because of the wattage, et cetera, et cetera. So to get them uh, custom, you need to put the black stuff on the wires and make them longer and so forth. Uh, with the exception of that, we really like them. Uh, A.L. Bolger is asking, did you ever consider an above-tank dumping station for flow? So kind of like a surge type of... Uh... We have two surge valves, but they take from the rest of the tank. We thought about making them separate, but we didn't want to drill the tank in the back for more or add pumps that weren't in the uh, basement, sub-basement. We didn't want noise. And so uh, we chose not to go that route. Um, and uh, basically wait for these. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the way you guys have them positioned, from what you could tell in the video, the uh, the orange uh, cords are not uh, that much of an eyesore, but it sounds like those are going to be uh, kind of a temporary solution as it is. Anyway. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Um, perhaps we should start giving some of your uh, stuff away there, Andrew. Maybe we should. Okay. Uh, why don't we? Uh, okay. This could well, be. You're in charge. <laughs> this this could be a good good point in time to kind of uh, rattle off the giveaway instructions. So, all right, as we're talking about the top of the show, uh, Andrew and, and the Polo Reef team has been very generous. Thank you, Matt Carlton, for that super chat. Very generous, and they're donating some giveaway items for the viewers that are tuning in tonight. So they are giving away two Polo Reef baseball caps, I think Andrew's wearing one of them, a white one and yep. a black one. Correct. Uh, a um, a polo reef backpack. That's uh, you don't have one handy there, but uh, also six stainless steel polo reef water bottles. And uh, there you go, very uh, sweet looking um, polo reef uh, water bottles there. And 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 the thing I should mention again about the uh, the polo reef backpack is that. You guys are launching a back-to-school kids art contest, so those details for that will be posted on the Polar Reef Facebook group page. All right, so the giveaway instructions. The winners, this is for continental United States uh, residents only. Nine winners, 
and let me count this up one two three four five six seven eight the winners will be um the fifth these are just random numbers the fifth the eighth the eleventh the fourteenth the eighteenth the twenty second the twenty fifth the twenty eighth and the thirty first person those nine people that contact me in that order via the contact form of my website which is refum.com slash contact let me put that in the uh, chat <clears throat> refum.com slash hey contact. Pete, you almost used all prime numbers there in the beginning <laughs> i know i kind of got off of that i don't know why it's just yeah you choose 13 instead of 14. yeah <laughs> go figure um so uh Yes, go to the reefbum.com slash contact form, reefbum.com slash contact. Put Polo Reef Giveaway in the subject heading. Polo Reef Giveaway in the subject heading. Multiple submissions will uh, be thrown out, so don't, don't submit multiple times. Just submit one time. And I will contact the nine winners tomorrow morning via email by 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I got to put out a time limit here because we had an issue the last time I had a giveaway. Um, you must respond within 48 hours to claim your prize. So that would be by Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm being very precise in terms of these rules. So uh, check your spam folders, your email spam folders. My, uh, you know, if you're a winner, and I don't hear back from you, then we're going to move on to the next person in line. So again, um, go to reefbum.com slash contact, put Polo Reef giveaway in the subject heading, and then um, nine different people will uh, be the winners. So how's that? Beautiful. Uh, anybody have any questions, let me know. Um, any more thought about that? Oh, A.L. Boger, any more thought on the live feed of Polo Reef for, for charity, Andrew? I think he's talking about a live uh, webcam. Yeah. <laughs> so that is a complicated subject. And we've gotten proposals from as high as three to $400,000 systems for several cameras Whoa. that are titanium not stainless uh blah 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 uh, an apple switcher and all those things to as basic as a one camera system which is six seven thousand dollars and the truth of the matter is we would like to do it i'd like to do it for i'd like to start charitable in the hospitals cancer wards where we actually uh, can get into it, no problem. Um, but we're waiting for these Abyss 400s on the electrical first and making sure that was okay in the flow. And then the next project was the cameras. Are you, um, are you just focused solely on having cameras inside the tank or have you also considered t cameras outside? We've considered both and there are proposals for both. I will tell you the ones in the tank are maintenance, algae on the lens, yeah. wiring, uh, rusting, um, um, unplugging, wire management. Not easy. Not easy. 
I looked briefly into that myself and I was like, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's not going to be happening. I mean, I have, I have this like live webcam on one of my display tanks and, uh, yeah, yeah outside, yeah. right outside. Yeah. 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 So that, that's a pretty simple application, you know, and, um, very, uh, very inexpensive application, but, um, right. it's, right. um, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, man, you're, you're cutting edge. I know you guys, uh, you know, if there is a will, there will be a way in terms of getting something, uh, on the inside. I mean, there are like live webcams that I've seen like out in the ocean. So it, yeah, those are like $7,000 cameras and the ocean doesn't care whether you rust a little bit. So stainless has to be replaced with titanium. And then you have to figure a way of disattach disattachment easy and servicing uh and then running the wires which is whole mother art yeah yeah well you know you got to have your priorities first right you got to get you got to get the flow the tank's got it right the tank has to look good yeah um people are repeating me wanting to know how to win prizes if you can announce it again please oh i'm going to announce the rules again Okay. The numbers, the numbers, please. <laughs> How to enter this contest. So um, I'm going to pin the, um, I'm going to pin this message. So at the top of the live stream is reefbum.com slash contact. That is where you go to enter this giveaway. And you fill out the contact form and you put po uh, Polo Reef giveaway in the subject heading. Do not enter twice, three times, four times. Just a single submission, because that means more work for me. <laughs> and um, what we'll do is there's going to be nine different winners, and the winners will be the 5th, the 8th, the 11th, the 14th, the 18th, the 22nd, the 25th, the 28th, and the 31st person that contact me via that contact form. And th those numbers mean nothing. That's just what I, uh, you know, that's that's what I'm going to go by for this uh, particular giveaway and uh, try to keep it random there. So, yes, and you must. Um, so I'm going to reach out to the winners by 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time tomorrow morning to let you know whether or not you've, um, you know, won one of these uh, giveaway items. You've got to respond to me within 48 hours to claim that prize so that's going to be sunday morning by 10 a.m eastern standard time that you must respond back to me as i mentioned before check your email spam folders because sometimes the uh, emails from me can't end up in there and um, if i don't hear back from you in 48 hours we're going to move on to the next um, person so that's uh that's a deal and um good luck to everybody out there so, all right, Andrew, man, let's um, let's continue on in terms of. Uh, I see the next agenda item is diving and coral blowing. Talk to us about uh, talk to us about that. I'm gonna fast forward to the video to the uh, to that part. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, we've had some flatworms in this display. Uh, it's pretty hard not to get with all the coral some sort of pest. We've been keeping it, them at bay by weekly blowing with a hose. And uh, that hose is either filled with salt water, which is a pump within the tank. And if it's cranked with salt water, we tend to really open up the pressure and blow the coral as if you were turkey basting uh a frag like 
to see whether the flatworm comes off, you know? And every other week, we've been doing it with RO water. And much lighter, heading from the bottom. And when that RO water encases that coral, uh, those flatworms come off very quickly. Um, the issue with the RO water in general is if you hit a coral that does have flatworms and it's been eaten, the RO will pull the flesh off the coral. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's got to go very light. And we've had some of those, and literally, we, we take them out um, and we put them in another system to heal, and then they go back in. So, and you'll see that on the video. That's system number one, we call it. Those are the ones with the peppermint shrimp, the elvatata. Um, Which uh, have a tendency to eat the flatworms. Eggs. They eat the eggs. And the eggs. And the eggs. So we dip. They go in there. Uh, we dip. They go back in there. Let me let me ask you, Andrew. Have you have you guys studied that in terms of when you put the corals in? You do you leave the eggs on, or do you try to scrape as much off as you can and then put them in and then let the the peppermints go at them? It depends on the colony and, and whether we can get at them. Right. And I guess my, so, my what I'm wondering is, I guess, do you guys have the um, kind of like that evidence that you put you you put a colony in that tank with eggs on it? Hundred percent evidence that they eat the eggs. Wow. Okay. Elvatata, they let they cost about twenty-five to thirty dollars per piece per shrimp landed. They are see-through, they're this little. Um, let's see my hand there. And unfortunately, we don't know to this date whether it scales in a tank. We keep three hundred plus of them in that system number one, and we don't feed them very much. How, how big is that they system? Go, so they go to town on the eggs. How many you would need in a tank, even of, of a significant size, mm. while you feed? We are going to figure that out in the lab. That's something that we plan on doing, uh, experimenting in the lab uh, very shortly when the cubes come. Uh, Rob of St. York, thank you very much, man, once again for that generous super chat. Thanks, Keith, for hosting. Thank you, Andrew, for sharing your beautiful reef tank with us and all you do for school science programs. Very right. Nice. You know, our mission, our mission statement is very simple. Grow the hobby and help the hobby and, and keep it going. And, and that means education. It means, you know, doing some research. It means... Uh, inspiring people, which means getting school kids over and getting them a spark, or it means uh, donating to curriculum. And we love donating to curriculum in schools that not just have a fish tank, but teach around it, have lab uh, activities, etc. Et and we give um, both money and, and, and equipment. Yeah, what you guys are doing for um, for the um, for the hobby in terms of being the ambassadors and and um, you know the philanthropy is just uh, amazing, Andrew. So thank you to uh, to you and to the whole uh, team for for kind of leading that effort. Just 
incredible. I, I owe this hobby back for making my mind at peace when the markets are not good. <laughs> there you go, man. It's a, it's a nice little uh, diversion when times are yes, tough. By the way, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so getting back to the uh, flatworm, somebody was asking, are these um, acroweeding flatworms or, or um, planaria? We're talking about acroweeding flatworms. Yeah. And um, I will tell you this, Keith. We had a lot of lost colonies out of nowhere, like six, six months ago, a year ago, where a colony was like, you think it's great, and then the next morning it's gone. Okay? And the colony is this big. Yeah. Now that we've been doing the weekly blowings, we feel like that has not happened. And we know the problem areas and spots because we can see them come up. Um, and every coral where um, we see them come up and maybe it's getting bitten or whatever, they go into that system one, we pull them out, they go right into system one with, the, with those... Uh, peppermint shrimp with dips and so forth and we rotate them around and 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 the the, the corals return to 17,000 they, they do return if uh, you guys are hearing the uh, the alarms going off that's my house <laughs> i think i think my wife burned something so we've got uh, we've got a major alarm going off i got my dog right sitting next to me He's petrified they hate that shit <laughs> Wilson, everything's okay, buddy. <laughs> um, so the question I was going to ask you, um, Andrew, is um, where where do you get the where where, where are the um, pep, where are those peppermint shrimp from geographically? Because I've I've heard Australia only. Australia only, because I've also heard that there's a um, and I've heard this from Chris Meckley at ACI that there is a um, a variety of peppermint shrimp on the west coast of Florida that is also apparently um, has an appetite for the uh, worms and the eggs. We, we, we have one with uh, uh, Florida peppermint shrimp, and we find them, in general, better with algae and cleaning aptasia than the eggs relative to Elvatata. Gotcha. You know, it's, um, I guess the other question I have um, is you, you said they're on the really small side. And whenever I put, like, peppermints in my tank that are small. You can't even see them. They're translucent. Right. You know, those are easily sucked into power heads. Those can be eaten by fish. That's the problem. And, and it's why at Polo Reef we have not recommended an amount to keep in your tank. Uh uh, because we're still experimenting with what, what what needs to be done. Yeah. Um, we know a quarantine system where they're loaded up and they're not fed much, they will feed on the eggs. We know that. You know, and, and that is the key, is uh, finding a way to um, get at those eggs. And it, it is, um, it's been a... A problem that has always been a problem in this hobby, and uh, yeah, you know, you get you, you see it yourself, man. You get um, you get a flatworm infestation, and it could be devastating. Um, Keith, you know the, the the eggs are such that, like, you know, it represents future flatworms, and pulling the coral is the best bet. Manually scraping it. 
and then it goes into that quarantine system, uh, blowing the coral so that the adult flatworms or the baby flatworms come up, inspecting and turning over coral when you can, and uh, looking for bases that are bleaching out or corals that just don't look right. Uh, from a color standpoint, we've been very, very well, much quicker to investigate now and pull and go into the hospital. <laughs> There's a certain amount of bite marks we allow, and then that's it. Right, because pulling the corals out of that 17,000-gallon uh, tank is all of them is not an option and going uh you know without any acros on that tank is just not an option it's just you got too much going on there and by the way i got so many replacements honestly if we wanted to you, you you'll see the grow out tanks we have some very large columns growing uh i don't know where that that is in the video but well, let, like we we can we can replace for the time being let the stuff heal and then Bring it back, you know, a few months later. But you know, want to, you want to talk about the eye candy coral? Is that a good? Uh, sure, that's well, is hey, that a good. So the eye candy coral has there are two two fifty growouts. One is smaller frags that are really rare, top shelf type splices, that kind of thing, and the other one is under halide and larger columns. You can show that. I'm video. showing it now. Yeah. Yeah, and you'll see it. I don't see it, Keith. By the way. Oh, you don't. You're not seeing the video on your end. No, I, no. So I'm just. I'm just talking from my sheet of paper. Yeah, <laughs> you're. You're. Well, you know. I'm sure you. You know what we're talking about in terms. Of, I'm seeing some gorgeous stuff in there. I'm seeing some incredible looking millies. Um, yeah. Then what are you looking at? That blue millie. I see what looks like a um, a rainbow. Large color. Ra rainbow millie. millie. I see a rainbow millie. I see a bunch of chalices. Um, right. I see a grafted cap. Fox oh, yeah, you're flame. Looking at, you're, you're looking at the LED system. Yeah. yeah. And then next to it to the left is LED Orphic bars and reef brights mixed with halides. Gotcha. Did, um, I know you guys did a video about um, taking a visit down to um, Top Shelf. Of Top shelf. Did, did you guys score some sweet stuff? Is that some of the stuff we're looking at in this tank? Tanks. That, that was the, one of the most expensive trips I've ever taken. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> it, it looks like you came away with more than little frags, you know? I mean, that top of Acropora, you know, whoever, whoever is on this thing, if you're ever in Orlando, go to that farm. You will... I mean, if you can get invited and, and get shown, that that farm is, I don't know, like if I want to like die in a coffin, like I want to like, <laughs> there, right there, in there. It, it's pieces, you just, you just can't believe what's going on there. It is uh it is pretty impressive. Those those guys are amazing when I was talking to uh Yeah, and you just had Kevin, Kevin, Kevin on yeah. and I, I speak to Kevin once or twice a week actually, still on text. Um we just set up a uh a tumbling macro algae with monos. You see that up now? Yeah, let me go right back to the uh to that part of, part of the uh the video again. 
They have several of those set up in, on their systems. So we just duplicated it. Yeah, explain, explain what that's all about, um, Andrew. Well, it's a sump, but it's a sump that feeds itself, right? So it's not, that macroalgae is not pulling too many nutrients from the water because the monos are feeding it. And the monos, the monos are actually, uh, they come in fresh water uh, or brackets. And so, like, you can switch them to salt water without, like, quarantining them. It was great to actually introduce a fish without quarantine for the first time in my life. Did you hear that? What was that? The, mo the, the monos, they came in fresh water. Oh. And know that the fresh water protozoans are different than the salt water ones. So it was one of the few times I never actually had a quarantine of fish. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you, you caught a break on that one. <laughs> I did, I did, I did. Yeah. We just dripped them to, to make them salt water for like half the day. Oh, really? And they could adapt, huh? They obviously yeah. they did. And they're dirtier fish. So the algae itself doesn't necessarily suck up all the nutrients because the dirtier fish are feeding that algae. Gotcha. Um, all right, a couple of random questions, man, from the viewers. Um, cool. Al, um, Blyweiss, Andrew, how is the clam tank doing? Oh. Do you still have the jellyfish tank? Jellyfish, we decided, was too depressing. That they, After a year, year and a half, they start disintegrating. And ultimately, it's just a fancy LED show. So the LED, the jellyfish thing is out. We couldn't deal with animals living a year. I don't know how the people that, that have octopuses, I don't know how they deal with that. Um, at least the jellyfish like disintegrate after a year, year and a half. So um, I have to do that. And in its place, there's a spot in my tank where we are considering, and I'll break the news here, we are considering a half-planted tank on top with steam, etc., and a half-bottom tank with discus and tetras and fresh water. So, because you know those views are like 20 times higher on fresh water. What you got to do is show some nice discus and neon tetras and like you get like 100,000. 100, <laughs> <laughs> hmm, maybe I should think but, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so we're considering it, um, but not but not the jellyfish. And on the clam tank, you got to get me to stop changing hair light bulbs. I, I have this, this tinkering problem. Um, and, and like, at least with the LEDs, I could tinker with, with 12% goes to 10% and, and the digital numbers on the hair lines, I just changed the bulb. What's your thought in terms of keeping clams, you know, these days versus years ago? If you do, um, all aquaculture clams and provide the correct light and nutrition for them, it's doable. But still get clam diseases, clam parasites, um, like every clam is not happy. Uh, it is a, I'm gonna tell you right now, 
of all the tanks we have, the clamp tank is the most difficult. They, the, the small, they don't attach, they fall over. The, the, you're always constantly putting them back. Yeah. When they fall in the sand, sometimes they don't get enough light and then they die. It's just constantly when my t-shirt is wet and my sweatshirt is wet, it's the clam tank. It's a clam tank. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've, I've, I've mentioned this multiple times on my uh, on the live stream, but you know, years and years ago, I had no problems keeping like Maximas. I didn't really, uh, Croatias weren't really my, uh, Croatias weren't my thing. Um, never able to keep a black Maxima clam for whatever reason. Yes. And, and um, Squamosas, Blue Squamies, all that stuff yeah, was but, like but easy. How many, how many, but how many in a tank, Keith? Yeah, like three or four. Three or four, okay. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. But you know, you know, clams actually give each other diseases yep. and bacterial stuff. Like there's all sorts of things about a clam-only tank that you can really wipe out. Yep. Uh, including the snails. Which yeah, the, the snails. You know, including that. Yeah. Pyramid snails and pests. Yep. Um, a lot of things go wrong. They do like a wider, shallower spectrum than we are used to giving in the LEDs. Yeah. They live up, they live in the sunshine. So, you know, 10K, 14K, but you got to blast them with, with uh, par. And you got to, we use Fido in the morning too. Feed them. Yeah, I you know I used to have no problems keeping clams years ago under halides, and then um, I just I can't keep clams alive even under halides these days. I don't know what it is. I'm just uh, I never did anything special back then. I'm, I'm you know so I, I guess what I've heard from people that uh, think it's due to the way the clams are collected. Um, it, uh, I don't know. I mean it's just uh, maybe it's just me, but it seems like that's that's a sort of common thing in terms of years ago being easier than it is today? I think the LED is one. And two, I think wilds and the pests are, are, are two. Yeah. What's your craziest clam that you have right now? I don't know. You got to ask John from Clam Mania. He sends <laughs> me these bills, these ultra bills. They're like the ultra clam. At least they live. You know, the wild ones don't don't live. Do you have any of those uh, teardrop Maximus? I don't know if I do. The teardrops, what color are they? Well, you know, I used to have like a blue teardrop. I had a um, kind of like a gold teardrop. It's, uh, oh, yeah, it's I, like, got, I got those. I got you got those. those? All right. Yeah. Those, I were, mean, so, those I, are like I, the honestly, holy grail. Listen, 120 gallon low boy tank, right? I filled up with clams. And apparently, according to John and at Clam Mania, I'm the largest clam collector in the United States. <laughs> Just from one tank. One tank. <laughs> so, so you explain to me how many people are getting clams. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Um, what the uh, on the uh, botanicals, the uh, clam tank is plumbed to the 17k. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, that, thank thank God. A, a lot of people say to me like. Oh, the calcium, the nitrates are going to be gone. I'm like, I don't even notice. 
Any, uh, there was a question I saw in here, um, any clams in the 17,000 gallon tank? No, the angels will destroy it. Yeah. I, I, won't even, I won't even try it. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Uh, Scott King was asking that question. I um, mean, I, I, got, I got annularis angels that, like, take carpet anemones and, like, a red dragon in their mouth like dog bones. <laughs> Here's another question. Jay Fauci. Fauch. Uh, not sure how to pronounce that. What's up with the SPS challenge? You guys are in the SPS challenge. That's a great question. <laughs> I have tough competition. <laughs> I've been watching them. I know their systems. Uh, several of, of them, I know their lighting. I know their water chemistry, etc. Um, they're in the 250s right now. To grow out under the uh, AquaConnect halides, they're at the bottom. We see heavy in, uh, puddling starting to happen. We see growth. Um, the um, strategy of the competition, at least, was to grow them for three months first on the halide and then color them up maybe in the 300 in the back attached to the 17,000 with all those LEDs and put them back there and color up. But frankly, we're changing strategies every day. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see. At the moment, the 300 gallon, um, it was reset about two, three months ago. And we still have some diatoms. I have some uh, tangs that are in quarantine, ready to go in there. So I think it's in another month or two, we're going to be safe in a 300. It is blanketed in LED from Orphic uh, UV bars to six radions to um, uh, reef brights, four reef brights of Julio. It is a very... And it's connected to water that I'm familiar with and that we know is good. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, they're under halide at the bottom. Uh, the halide they're under is the two is the 400-watt AquaConnect bulb 14K, which is a much brighter, sunnier bulb than your radium. But because they're at the bottom, they are doing fine. Um. And whether we move them in the next few months, we'll decide. Chelly, uh, thank you so much for that super chat, the messages. Don't forget to share and like the uh, the stream. Help Reef Brum, can't even pronounce my own name, Reef Bum Grill. <laughs> Listen, when, 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 when Polo Reef looks at who we should interview and how and why, we look at you as an example. Well, that is very flattering, man. I, uh, I no, I'm not bullshitting you. <laughs> well, I, you know, listen, go ahead. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the truth of the matter is, we think education is like forty percent of this deal. Yeah. Um, we want to take the sort of the reef builder, Keith, uh, approach on a lot of our YouTube things. We have access to people that keep you wouldn't even imagine getting. Like, you know, marine biologists like Vernon and, and like, 
guys that like you 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 know my Rolodex is freaking huge. <laughs> and and we just need to go through it and figure out crazy uh we've never seen them on on YouTube before. Yeah, I mean, uh, you guys, we talked about this in January. You've really stepped up your efforts in terms of the uh, the social media presence. But, you know, that that is key, right, in terms of getting your message out, in terms of what you guys are all about. Yeah, the philanthropy message, the, what's the word, the, 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 the mission statement message, we're going to shorten it. We're going to make it so it's just about improving the hobby. Whatever it takes. All right. Uh, and and um, that's what my goal is. Well, it uh, you guys are, uh, are are doing an awesome job in terms of spreading the word and and uh, doing doing uh, you know so much good for the uh, for the hobbyists. I know everybody is uh, very appreciative in terms of how uh, you're pushing the envelope on all those fronts. Wait, wait till this. I mean, I don't know where you are in your video. Have you shown the 3D rendering of the lab? No, not yet. Yeah, so you should show that. This lab is going to have six cubes, separate cubes. Some will be connected to the same water. Some will not be. Uh, it will be like very much like BRS, and we will be conducting experiments. We'll get to that uh, right here. The, um, apologize, folks, for me having to uh, rewind and fast forward. Here we go. The ongoing projects. Oh and so, um, um, here's the uh, the rendering of the uh, the lab. Yeah, and the lab today is a hybrid because we still haven't received all the glass tanks, and we haven't moved the cubes in. So we're still in sort of transition on the lab. And what we saw the last time you were on, uh, Andrew, that was kind of like the uh, lab version 1.0? That's what you saw, but we're on like 2.5 2 now. 2.5, okay. Yeah, we have real good tile down, uh, the grow-out systems, um, uh, a big coral like um, care station with with different lights to see microscopes to see bugs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, really cool stuff, man. You guys are um, becoming a real scientific. Um, well, your work is going to hopefully benefit all of us hobbyists and, and others out there in the industry. That's, that's, uh, that's all. I, I, I hope to write papers and publish, et cetera, et cetera. But in the meantime, my, my, my bigger goal is to get the information out to the public. Yeah. So with these, with these tanks, we'll be able to experiment with head and lateral line disease, which carbon causes it, what doesn't? Does the miracle mud solve it? What is the mud and what ingredient is it that solves it? Is it UV? Is it UVB? Is it is it uh, diet? These are all questions that we're about to answer. Yeah, now. So I'm going to cause head and lateral line and I'm going to cure it. <laughs> <laughs> 
in the life. <laughs> well, there there are so many different things to um, to you know to to tackle and so many unanswered questions. You know, I think um, you know I don't know how deep you guys can get into the whole bacteria thing, but that that uh, you know is another thing that would be fascinating to get a better understanding of in terms of the uh, the coral pathogens and and um, you know in terms of what the corals are actually consuming in terms of bacteria and how that's benefiting so, them. So Keith, we talk about hires here and we talk about fish vets that could do slides on velvet, brugnella, uh, but we also talk, and you know, those people are not the same people that do coral pathogens, right? So, so we, we talk about the next hire and what it would be and and if we did a scientist, would it be a fish vet or would it be a coral vet? And, and they're different people. They're not the same people. Uh, the coral pest people um, are the coral pest people and the fish vets deal with animals, including mammals. Yeah. Now, that's awesome stuff, man. I mean, that's really just um, thinking way outside the box and, and just really moving the uh, things along because there's a disconnect, I think, between the scientist community and the reef keeping community, right? Us, us reef keepers are, um, you know, we're kind of doing stuff and it's anecdotal and there's nothing. Call the microscope, Keith. Yeah. We need to teach people about the microscope and what they see under the scope and what bugs look like, what different bugs look like under the scope and slides. And maybe, and maybe for a few hundred dollar microscope, the hobbyists will start doing it. Yeah. Once they learn how to identify. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a, a two, $300 microscope. Maybe it's like a $400 microscope that, uh, that yeah. I, you know, when I, when I bring in frags and stuff, I put them under the microscope before I put them into the uh, QT yeah. tank, you know, and you gotta, you know, it's pretty- Do you, do you know what you're looking at? Do you know yeah, I could, what Yeah, I could spot uh, aquavitting flatworm eggs. Those, those are pretty easy to spot, you know? Yeah. Um, you can certainly see bite marks on a uh, frag very easily under a microscope. Um, you can see parasitic copepods kind of um, zigging, zagging, you know, of on the corals. So just that little piece of equipment can um, really help a lot. And if you know what you got, then you can come up with a plan to. You have to be trained in knowing what what you got. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That's all it is. And there's a lot of other stuff too. I mean, there's those uh, sea spiders. You've got, um, you know, the yes, uh, Monty Monty eating yep. nudies, which nudies, you, you, yeah. you could see those with the naked eye probably if you got a bunch of them. But um, you got to be trained with that naked eye. But yeah. 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 Well, you know, as you know, man, over over time. You come. I, I asked my coral guy the other day to put back a purple Monty uh, in the 250 that had the sparkles from top shelf, you know, and he turned it over and he goes, I see one more nudie. <laughs> and, and it's like, my my eyes can't see that shit. Right? I yeah. can't see it at all. That's all you need is one. 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 Then, then it's a whole different ball game. Um, let me uh, let me do a final reminder of the uh, of the giveaway here. So um, I've got uh, the place where you go to enter the giveaway. It's pinned at the top here, reefbum.com/contact. It's the contact form on my website, reefbum.com. And um, so here's uh, here's how you win the uh, the giveaway. There's going to be nine different winners. So Andrew and his team are giving away uh, one Polo Reef backpack six stainless steel polar reef water bottles and two polar reef baseball 
caps and continental U.S. Um, only in terms of people that can win. So if you're outside of the continental U.S., don't uh, please don't enter the uh, the contest. The um, put Polo Reef giveaway in the subject heading on the contact form. Multiple um, do not submit multiple submissions. Those are not going to count. I will contact the seven winners tomorrow morning via email by 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You've got to respond within 48 hours to claim your prize. So that's going to be Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please check your email spam folders. And if I don't hear from you by Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, then I will move on to the next person in line. The winners will be the 5th, the 8th, the 11th, the 14th, the 18th, the 22nd, the 25th, the 28th, and the 31st person that contact me via the uh, the contact forms. That's, uh, that's I, I would have gone all prime numbers. <laughs> <laughs> we've got we've got more rules tonight for this giveaway because the last giveaway we had a little situation that um, we had. Uh, well, I'm not going to get into it. So we, we've got more rules now. <laughs> what happened? Tom Chelsea was giving away some frags. They gave away two frag packs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did. I you know I was I was having a little. It was a challenge getting a hold of uh, one of the winners. So let me, let me put it that way. Those guys, amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, like always around, always answering my texts, always available, always willing to help. Um, just good, good all around guys. Yeah, um, super smart and super diligent, and they grow the shit out of corals. Let me tell you that, as you uh, saw firsthand. Oh man, I, I'm thinking about putting my casket in there. I told you. <laughs> I like this uh, extra rule Ari's come up with. Keith's, uh, Keith's rule number three: If you live in Flint, Michigan, you are automatically disqualified from the uh, um, Polar Reef water bottles since you can't fill them. <laughs> <laughs> you got a water problem there? <laughs> Flint, Michigan. I guess yeah. They got a water. They, the, they used to have a water problem. I know that. Um, so, oh, fish. Let's talk about fish, man. Fish variety. So uh, yeah. we got we got another. Uh, I'm going to fast forward to this part of the video here. Yeah, um, you're going to see a bunch of fish being quarantined right now. This is sort of our current, our up to date. What's going on? You, um, I saw some fish in there, man. That um, are are fish that I. Would love to have, tried to keep, never could keep them. The purple uh, queen anthias, is that uh, what I'm looking at? Yeah. That's that's one of them. Yeah. Now, i got to tell you, we, Keith, I thought I had the answer. For purple queens? Yeah, I thought I had it. Um, uh, let me explain to you what, what was told to me. One was they need to eat all the time and they need to eat very small food, live brine, newly hatched. So we did all that and fed them intravenously and fed them 24 hours a day of live brine. And we mixed it with eggs and we had them eating everything. So the food was not a problem. The problem, Keith, is urinamia. Disease? Disease. And they all come with it. Uh, I don't know if it's the source or whatever, but... We're looking at them now. 
yeah, so so uh, Bobby Humblefish and other people have told me people have been successful with doing this with the first 10 days with formalin at basically, uh, what's the dosage? It's basically uh, a milligram per gallon. Milligram per 10 gallons. Milligram per 10 gallons. And no copper, they can't deal with it. And the formalin will help the urinamia and get you through. And it all worked great until day nine. And day nine, they start dying. And we think it's all about internal urinamia, that, that the formalin is an external thing. And they already had it. Anyway, whatever it's worth, the 60 or 70 purple queens turned out to be, I think we got 15 or 20 through. Uh-huh. Which is lower than I expected, even with the new brine shrimp hat and formalin. And because we wanted them to compete the least and have the most food, we put them in a 300-gallon LPS system, which gets fed the most. Right. I mean, is so you lost those the majority of the purple queens during that treatment between day ten and day twenty. Is is that just a very very um, you know rigorous tough process for a fish to go through? I don't know. Like like my tank next door with the tangs in them right next door uh, that you saw, they're in copper and formalin, not even just formalin. At the same dose, and they got no problems. I don't know what it is with these purple queens. They maybe leave them in the ocean. I don't know. Um, uh, or find a new sort. The, the urinamia is just—it's just brutal. And and you can't even tell at first. It's, it's internal. Like they start bruising from like literally from the inside out. If. Um, there is another, um, Antheus that I was so in love with and, um, Ventralis Antheus, same thing. I don't, have, I don't have a problem with those. You keep, can keep those? Yeah. I got tons of them in the back and, keep, and, and I've taken them through copper. The, to me, the, the key seems to be, uh, just getting the temperature down to 74 or lower. And 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 that those are gorgeous, gorgeous fish, gorgeous. gorgeous fish. A little shy, a little shy. I mean, you like if you want to see twenty, you got to put a hundred in the tank. Right, right. But other than that, yeah, they're beautiful fish, and they come from different areas. Um, so they need to be in a colder tank, like that tank. Can you get away with like seventy-eight, eighty degrees, or they're not? Gonna I take say that? no. I, I I think seventy-six, seventy-seven max. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I love those fish. I tried them once years ago and, uh, didn't work out, but they're not cheap either. No, they're, they're, uh, expensive, hard to get, but you know, you know what was even nicer than them that was even hardier at the time were the Hawaiian flame amphibs. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can't get them for the save your life no. now. No, yeah, and, and they did better under warmer temperatures. 
What um, do you have any um, insight in terms of what's going on with Hawaii at this point in time? No. Other than only what people tell me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a little nutty. Like people are able to like bring fish home and collect themselves, but I, but they can't get them via sighties. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. The uh, the flame wrasses are are um, just gorgeous and. Um, there's there's another um, antheus that that are really cool. The um, what are they? Uh, I, I'm, I'm blanking out. The blotchy antheus. Those are uh, really neat. The blotchy ones. The um, uh, God, I forget their name. Yeah. But you know the truth. They they look a little prehistoric. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't keep them in the seventeen thousand. Um. I put them through quarantine, not as a problem. Nothing like the queen. Nothing like it. Mm. And and the queen angelfish are a relatively cheap fish. Or queen, uh, queen. anthias, purple queens. Yeah, be because there's no demand for them. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> they can't keep, be kept alive. <laughs> I think you're right, man. I think that's, that's, a, that's one fish that perhaps should be left in the ocean. I don't know. You know, like... I've heard of the story, whatever. There's always going to be some med combination that somebody comes up with that says, I can, I can quarantine him in this. I've already heard stories and so forth. So I, I'm, not, I, I'm not giving up. Um, Paul, Great Bearded Reef, um, Borbonius Antheus. Oh, that's it. Those Bor are Borbonius. Borbonius, yeah. That, uh, that, that was like a hot fish uh, back uh, Years and years ago, I remember when it first came into the hobby, I was like, whoa, what is that? That was yeah. really unique and different. And, um, yeah. The, the, those guys have a hard time competing in the 17,000 just in general. Yeah, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Andrew, you want to talk about, um, we want to get into degassing and whatnot? You want to talk to yeah, us about this that? Is, I'm, I'm comfortable talking about it up until the science part. <laughs> yeah so why don't you play the video it's going it's going uh we have noticed um of all our fish diseases and deaths sudden embolism and popeye were a uh big contributor and we've had vets come and examine them Post being pulled from the tank, and it was gases. There was no bacterial fluid in the eye. It was a uh, sexual embolism, hmm. including in the heniocus. They get little bubbles in the eye. So what we do is we measure our gases, uh, nitrogen and oxygen, and sure enough, major major elevators. There are certain fish that don't give a flying you-know-what. Yeah. And certain ones that, that have sensitive eyes that care. Uh, the corals, I don't think, mind. But I'm measuring oxygen saturation at well above uh, normal. Oxygen saturation in a fish tank usually is 6 to 7, 7 and a fraction. We're over 8 now. We're like 8.3. And my uh, TPG, which is the total 
gas number, and I don't know why 103 and a half, 104 is an important number, but we get above 106. And that's all because of the water crashing down in that sump down 50 feet. Uh, mm. Do you see the all the bubbles, the micro bubbles yeah. that you could be? Um, when we built the system, we didn't realize that a lot of the commercial systems out there that are this big have degassing systems built in. Yeah. Which means big bio towers, which are just bio towers of dripping through plastic media and bio bowls. It can mean things like coming out of the water like a fountain, and as long as the water hits the air, you're okay. Uh, you have to increase your uh, your pipes like a tuba. I, I explain it. And make a fountain. Uh, there are ways of doing it. Um, believe it or not, with with engines. But if Raj's back ever gets better, he's supposed to design us uh, degassing chambers and these things that we can get our numbers just down a little bit so that I don't have eye problems anymore. Yeah. Well, that, you know, I guess that's something you just didn't, you can't really um, predict and, and uh, you got to pivot. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And most of the commercial aquariums, I'm told that you, they use huge engines, huge pipes. They do have degassing going on, whether it's a tower or something. Uh, our issue is real estate. Like we don't have a lot of real estate to put, towers in yeah so we may have to put it in the sump we may have to change that box where you see the jacuzzi pumping in um make it higher make it a bell shape so that it actually breaks the water and, and gets some atmosphere in it um th th there are a lot of degassing options i just know that that that's coming and and it's one of those things that, like, people ask me, what would you do, do different? I would design the sump differently. And, and I don't know if we would have known that unless we've gone through two years of it already. Uh, so I'm looking at some comments here. Uh, Barry Goss Sr. seems to think your, uh, your answer to your problems there, Andrew, is just to defart your fish. <laughs> defart my Some people, honestly, Keith, think that I should just turn the engines down in the system and use the Abyss 400s when they get here as this water circulation, and that will help. And what they don't realize is there's a certain amount of flow that needs to go through that UV to be effective. We've already cut that down already. Could I cut it down again, another 10, 15%? Absolutely. But I can't go to... Uh, 700 gallons a minute to 650 down to 500, 450. I got to stay reasonable amount um, for the UV to work well. Uh, that's 4,000 watts of water that needs to go through there and cool it. You know, uh, could I take out bulbs? Sure, but then I go through another problem with parasites. And so um, we're, we're in the, this is like, the beginning process of degassing. Uh, it's not a problem that most Aquarius even have to deal with. Yeah. 
Uh, but when you send water down with 10 horsepower pumps down 50 feet, this is what happens. Yeah, you get the gas. Nitrogen, oxygen, yeah, and cavitations. Yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah. All right, so Andrew, we, we're uh, we're getting kind of near the end here. Do you want to um, get into? There's a couple other ongoing pro projects you guys have: the 300 gallon breakdown and to the 900 gallon picture tank, and then we got 2,500 gallon aquascape. Do you, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk? Let's, let's talk about the 2,500 and the 900. Yeah. Drop okay. Down. So so you see, we have big projects ahead of us. Um. That cube, which is 200 gallons, is now basically bleached and empty. Yep. And we're going to move it into the uh, lab along with the experiment tanks with the deep water species that we have, the narcosis, et cetera. Um, we're not going to put LPS in there because they pick. We realize that now. But we probably can keep Acro. Um at the end of that nine, that 900 gallon drop down is uh, days, weeks from being delivered. It is a difficult delivery because it can't leave the stand. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, did I just notice uh, that there's going to be closed loops in the bottom of that thing? Oh, it has to be because that, that drop down, you need the flow coming up on the deep part. Interesting. You got a lot of holes in the bottom of that tank. Yes. Does that, yes. that stress you out a little bit? No, but but I'm I'm I I don't know what type of fish, coral, like are we gonna do chalices down there? Like what you know, it's sort of um I don't know how to decide how to aquascape this thing yet. Yeah. Man, that's 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 gonna be like an open uh, slate there, open canvas, you know. We have so much Australian live rock still, which uh, just came in. Uh, again, we have branch rock. We have all sorts of choices to do. Um, but you know, you gotta. The rock comes in, we power wash it, right? So it basically, you're buying it for the shape, not necessarily the bacteria. And so it's gonna go through dinos and diatoms and ugly phases, but less so than dry rock. Yep. Um, Paul is wondering who manufactured the drop down tank. Planet. Planet Quorum. Planet Quorum. Planet. It's taken a long time. I think they told me that they do like eighty or ninety percent of all drop down tanks that you know are theirs. So they're the experts. All right, 2,500-gallon, the Aquascape. Yeah, that was done by Top Shelf. Oh, it was. Uh, glue, glue, accelerator, glue, sand, glue. It was done in, in a tent outside. They hid all of the uh, closed-loop pipes, and it looks just what I wanted to look like, which is a lagoon, and it's going to be a mixed reef key, um, which is... Harder to than you think, given the flow and the dimensions. And if I run halides, is the bottom going to be too much par, et cetera, et cetera. But um, we're testing this stuff out now. I'm, I'm digging that scape, man. I mean, uh, Top Shelf just really has got got that thing down in terms of their methodology. And, and um, 
If I told you the the the, the man hours of the procedure to get that, like like that was one week of work. Wow. With with seven or eight men. Wow. In a te- in, in a tent. Wow. Glue accelerator, sand glue, and they're calling it calling it out like like you know now now now, and then they have to move it into the system. And then we actually built a, uh, a, phone, a phony system with um, uh-huh. exactly where the pipes are so that they could uh, design something around the pipes. That, that I mean, that looks so natural, the, the final uh, product. Are you guys going to do a video on your channel about that whole thing? It's been done, but I think once we get salt water, right now that's RO water and it's just to keep the pressure on the glass um, right. and, you know, safety. Once we convert it to salt water uh, and filled up, I think we'll start really doing a lot of videos. Yeah. Now that I'm excited to follow that tank, man. That's me too. That's going to be, a, that's going to be a me beautiful too. one. Are you, um, what, what's, what's the setup going to be like in terms of, are you going to have kind of like a, uh, um, you know, obviously there's going to be a sump, but are you could also have kind of a, um, um, some, some live rock and a, uh, and another sump that's plumbed into the whole system. Or are you guys going to seed it that way or what's the plan? It's its own system and we'll be able to figure, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We're thinking about doing a uh, rotary drum filter as a mechanical, believe it or not. Mm. I don't know how many people are familiar with them. We have several in the pond. Um, we don't want to do uh, socks and so forth. Or And if the rotary drum filter really works well, we may actually institute a custom one in the 17,000 after that. Wow. <laughs> you- but again... It's got to be not stainless. It's got to be made of fiberglass and titanium. It's custom. Uh, it's got to have an RO basically wash and then uh, ability to take that water out to the, to the cesspool. I know. So I've never heard of a rotary drum filter. What? So how, how is that different than, uh, say, a, a filter roller has a fleece on it? That's oh, it's not. It's, it's different. It, it's a screen. It's very fine mesh screen that rotates. And then it cleans itself, and then that that water basically finds itself on the bottom, and then gets exported out. Gotcha. Interesting. And and is that is that something that can be used in all types of systems, all sizes in terms of systems, or more so for larger systems? L- larger systems. I don't know, like the, with the fleece and the and the roller mats. Um, and we're talking to Raj about that uh, and MRC about the big tank. It's not easy carrying those huge things down these spiral staircases, getting them upstairs, um, and changing them. Um, it's definitely easier on a smaller tank. Yeah, I hear you. Definitely. All right, Andrew, you want to uh, you want to like wrap it with uh, give us an update in terms of all the uh, you, you you talked about a little about the philanthropy, but you want to. Um, just again, uh, quickly give us a uh, a summary in terms of the current initiatives underway. So um, we've done a lot of school stuff and giving to schools, uh, particularly where there's a marine bio slash program and curriculum. 
Uh, we've given to a few schools, a couple in Long Island, a couple in Florida, a couple in Iowa. Um, we get requests for tanks all the time in schools uh, for uh, relaxation in the principal's office. But we're more interested in teaching curriculum and getting the spark to kids. And that's sort of where our, our um, uh, heart's at. Is sparking kids to grow the hobby, and um, whether it's money or supplies, we have several of these companies. Whether it's ESV, uh, Ecotech, Coral View, they want to be in on all this stuff with us. Um, and so, the philanthropy is a big thing. I, I want to give back, and giving back smartly now. Then you have the Florida thing that just happens where all the corals just bleach. Yep. Uh, um, and you're giving to coral restoration and you, and you think about like, I can't beat Mother Nature. Uh, all those thoughts mm -hmm. go through your mind. Um, I tell you, it's, it's through our mind. Um, we'd like to help. But like 90 degree water, I, I I can't help it. I don't even understand why the ocean turned 90 other than the current situation. There was a weird current thing going on there. Um, but we'll figure it out and we'll help when we when we find a, a good solution. I'm on the board. Oh, I'm not on the board yet, but I'm on the committee of uh, one Florida organization. Um, now I want to get involved with, with the Florida Aquarium. Um, Florida lost like 99% of the reef now and like the shores are, are in trouble and, and I don't know if we can ever beat mother nature or not, but I'm happy to help try. And I think it's in the hobby and here's the reason why we try to you can't have places like Indonesia or any like Australia closing that makes the hobby good. You got to have those reefs healthy in order for the hobby to be healthy. Even though most aquas now, 50, 60, 70% are aquacultured. Yeah. Um, there's still a canthros and all canthos and all sorts of scolies that are coming from the wild. So we want to make those reefs. Um, we want to help out as much as we can. And uh, so we're figuring it out. And, and it's the people involved. It's the methodologies involved. It's um, also all of that. Well, again, man, uh, very much appreciated in terms of what you're uh, you're giving back, you know, to to the community, to the hobby itself. It's um... I mean, Sea Sea World. We went to go do that video in Sea World, the, the, and the Florida Quarter, like Noah's Arking stuff now. <laughs> really? No, I'm not yeah. kidding you. They yeah. pulled stuff before the bacterial STN came out, and then they pulled it again. Because they saw the warm temperatures starting to happen, um, like I don't know how it goes back into the ocean on a scale basis, 
that can make a difference. But these are heroes that are doing this stuff. And whether it's coral spawning and breeding these things and replanting them when it's time, and maybe it's just not time yet, or it's studying uh, those corals in Miami underneath the bridge that like are growing and like pollutants. Colin, uh, you know what, what I'm talking about. Um, uh, so whatever it is, I want to give back to this hobby to, to grow it. It gave to me, I want to give back. Well, I think Ari summed it up in the chat here. We need more people like Andrew in this hobby. And uh, TJ Roberts, yeah, 100%. For sure. Absolutely. Um, all right, Andrew. Well, listen, man, this was a, uh, a very informative and very, you know, I always learn something chatting with you and, and, and uh, you know, your team there at Polar Reef. So I want to thank you for, uh, for taking the time to, uh, to join us on the live stream. I know there's a lot of folks out there that um, were really digging this. And visit polarreef.com, folks, to learn more about, you know, the fascinating things that Andrew and his team are, are doing. And while you're there... Indeed, YouTube for more long-term educational stuff, probably. Instagram, polo underscore dot reef for pretty pictures and, and, and songs and, and what those people like, uh, you, um, and, uh, the, the group, the Facebook page and the Facebook group, the group has some of the most important people in this industry, scientists in there, um, questions answered. Like, I, like I just let the, the tech, the, 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 the thing in and like, you can't believe the, the people that respond. And uh, you guys also sell the merch that we're giving away. So if uh, if you don't happen to win any of the uh, the merch, then then please pick some of the uh, the merch up there. And all all the profits are donated. Yeah, yeah. We don't we sell, but 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 we don't keep it, the profits. There's no there's there is no profits to Polo Reef right now. It goes all back to the uh, educational charities and the reef restoration projects. So right, it goes exactly. to great causes. Exactly. Exactly. Great causes. All right, Andrew, man, thank you again so much for uh, for joining us, and that's going to do it for this show. I want to give, give my sincere thanks to Andrew for being on the live stream tonight, and I also want to thank both Folk Reef Supply and Ecotech Marine for being sponsors of this live stream, and also all you folks out there tuning in and watching. Again, thank you uh, so much for contributing to the conversation. Also, a big thank you to Paul, who is the moderator as well as the president of the Boston Reefer Society. Please join and support your local reefing clubs they are so absolutely local reefing clubs. Yes, they're so important to the hobby. So important. I uh, also want to let you folks know that all episodes of Rap on the Reef Bum are available as podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon. My next Rapping with Reef Bum live stream will be on Thursday, August 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I think um, every you know this person, Steve Wiest, will be on the uh, yeah, sure. on the uh, on the program. He had one of the more iconic reef tanks around years ago, and he left the hobby, but he's back now and, and, and just got a kick-ass tank, so I'm really thrilled to have him on. Should be another great show. If you want to check out the full upcoming schedule of guests, go to reefbum.com under the YouTube section. And uh, again, in terms of the giveaways, I'll get back to all the winners 
tomorrow morning and i'm not gonna go through the rules again because um i've did that several times so with that till next time be safe and be well and we'll see you later everybody thank you very much appreciate the opportunity keith i appreciate it all uh are you going to who's going to uh chattanooga tennessee i am not going to make it there but you guys you guys are going to be there I'm speaking. Ah, there you go. You're going to be there. <laughs> I'm going to be there. And, and, and um, you know, it's better than Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. All right, everybody. Yeah. Have a good All one. All right, good night.